0: To begin by acknowledging the traditional custodians of the land on which we gather today. And I pay my respects to their elders past and present. I extend that respect to Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples here today. G'day everyone it's Paul Jaw here. Just sneaking in quickly before we officially start this episode. Just to, to welcome you to episode 99 of the Inspired by Yarra podcast. Who would have thought, you know, all those episodes ago, all those conversations ago, those weeks, those months, those years ago when we first started was the, the beginning of an idea and we've stuck with it. And thank you to those of you who have stuck with us. And now we're here at episode 99. Of course, this is a powerful episode and I I know you're gonna enjoy this one. And I just wanna give you a a little bit of a hint as to what to expect in episode 100. Of course, we wanna celebrate. Of course, we wanna recognize the journey that we've been on. And what we're gonna do is introduce you to um, some of my favorite conversations, some of the little snippets, the insights, the perspectives of a range of our guests over the the decades of our last 100 episodes, um, featuring some little fun snippets and powerful moments and inspirational stories that we've heard over the course of our 199 episodes to then celebrate in our 100. So I trust you'll enjoy this episode, episode 99, and then we'll come back and enjoy episode 100. It's going to be a ripper. Enjoy episode 99 for now. Hello and welcome to another episode of Inspired by Yarra. This is the podcast created to enhance, connect and inspire the Yarra Valley Grammar community and beyond. So wherever you might be tuned in, whether you're weeding the garden, whether you're walking the dog, whether you're on the back of the bus and you're, you know, you're traveling home from school or whether you're uh, got the kids in the back or you're about to go and uh, play sport and you just need a bit of a G up and some inspiration, however, why you found us and discovered us, I say thank you. Thank you to you because with more listeners, more people as part of our community, we continue to grow and connect and endeavor to stay inspired and connected with one another. So thank you for tuning in. And and of course, if you feel uh, that you could pass this on to somebody, somebody else who might know of our guest today or might be intrigued or interested, then we would love you to share if you know other yogs and you're connected with them then maybe suggest to them that they tune in as well today we sit down as in every episode with another yog a Yarra old grammarian to hear about their twists and turns of life and today I'm sitting down with Rogeny Seladurai from the class of 2011. Rogeny is thoughtful methodical she doesn't doesn't Use words, she doesn't overuse her words. She's thoughtful in every phrase, sentence, response, every answer. I, I actually think quite methodical in each part of her life, in decisions that she makes, in conversations that she's part of. And today is one of those times where she thinks through and she's she ponders and she doesn't uh, just fill the space with sound because it feels like that's what she, she, she's a good thinker and a good storyteller along the way. I'm confident that you're going to enjoy this conversation with Rodjani Saladurai from the class of 2011. I'm going to initially begin by asking her at what point, at what year level did she join us here at Yarra Valley Grammar?
1: I started in year nine, so I started in 2008. Um, so I guess I didn't start with most of the cohort who started in year seven. So it was a bit of an interesting experience, but I will say everyone was super welcoming and, you know, I felt like, um, I was uh, made to feel very welcome from my first day.
0: It, it is interesting because you're quite right by that stage lots of the cohort have already kind of they've found their their spot and they've found their kind of little group and then you come in fresh and new and and that could be daunting but you found that it, it actually the the flow into the 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 cohort went okay.
1: Yeah definitely I was a bit nervous because I, I do know moving um not in year seven can be um a bit difficult but I had a few buddies on my first day and I found that everyone in the whole year level was super welcoming. No one was sort of um, unwelcoming, I'd say. Everyone was happy to, everyone knew, um, I think there were a few new people that started in year nine. And I think everyone was aware of who was new and made sure that we all felt um, welcome and You know, they made an effort to, you know, show us around and help us out Mm. when we needed it.
0: Yeah, that's great because it it is a big school and it's, you know, there's lots of places to to get lost and uh, lots of great places to find yourself as well. So I wonder in in those early days, you know, let's kind of think year 9, year 10, was there a particular part of the school where you... Um, enjoyed hanging out, in, whether that be class, classroom-based, or in the in the schoolyard. Where where would we go if we were looking for Rogany? Where would we go and find you?
1: That's a good question. Um, I think in Year Nine we had a common room, and I think we all we had quite a nice big common room with a kitchen, eating area, and I think that's where you could find us hanging most of the time.
0: Yes, especially especially on a day like today where we're recording, it's wet, it's cold, it's fairly miserable outside. They're good days to be inside uh, near the food and the warmth of uh, of your friends. Exactly. Yeah. And what about curriculum-wise? Was Did you sort of start to, as you move up, you know, you, you're 10, you're 11, you're starting to choose some subjects. Was there, you know, uh, were, were you... Wanting to be on stage, were you in the art room? Were you math, science? You know, without pigeonholing, um, was there a particular curriculum area that you started to kind of warm to?
1: um I wouldn't say so. Um, maths has always been one of my stronger subjects, but I think in Year Nine and Year Ten, we're given the choice to have such a breadth of subjects. You, I, I don't feel like we had to pigeonhole ourselves into. One specific area. I know that came later on when, you know, in year 11, 12, you can only do X amount of subjects. Um, mm. but in year nine and 10, I did a bit of everything. I did, um, food tech. I don't know if that's what it's still called. I did dance, but then I did maths. I did a few history, um, subjects, um, and a few business related subjects. So a bit of everything really.
0: Yes. And is would you say that that at the time and and I appreciate you you have to dip back into your memory bank but is that kind of reflective of where you were as a person just the idea of let's try a bit of this a bit of that and let's just see what what lands well for me or or were you deliberately trying to expose yourself to all those experiences?
1: Yeah, I think it can still be said for my personality now. I like to do a bit of everything. I like to get involved in everything and that can be said for my co-curriculars as well. When I was at Yarra, I literally tried to get involved in as many things as I could. Um, and I think that's really helped shape me today because I've had so many experiences at school um, that you know have led me to try new things in my adult life.
0: Wonderful. Well, I'm, I'm really keen to explore some of those things in a moment and, and where kind of life has gone since Yarra and, and yeah. that idea of trying different things. I, I, I want to celebrate that. Take me back to school. Um, let's go with Saturdays. Saturday sport might have been a new thing coming in at year nine, bang, you straight into it. Was Saturday sport something that you loved and you really embraced or was it a bit of a drag on a Saturday morning to get out in the cold?
1: I loved it. So um, I come from a family of people who love sport um, and I was already quite actively involved in sport. At the time I was playing um, state-level badminton. So I was training quite frequently um, and Mm -hmm. sport was something I loved. So um, to me, I loved the Saturday mornings. I'm not sure about my parents, but um, (laughs) no, I did love it.
0: Yeah, that's excellent. And so did you play school badminton or did you try other sports?
1: Um, so I did play school badminton. So I was in the first for badminton. So that was my summer sport. Um, and then in the winter I played netball. Um, and that was something I was playing outside of school as well.
0: Right, right. And the balance between your commitments to school sport and, and then also playing club sport and, and, by the sounds of it for you, quite high level sport. You could manage it all?
1: I think so. I think it all came down to time management. Um, and I think I definitely made sure that um, I was getting all my schoolwork done um, and managing that with my training. I think um, it's just one of the things, you know, you can't procrastinate. Um, you need to just mm-hmm. get your head down and do it. And I think at the time I loved everything I was doing. I loved the sport and that's something I wanted to do. And I, I really enjoyed the subjects I was doing at school. So, um, you know, it wasn't a chore to get my homework done.
0: Right. So, so you're fortunate in that, that you, you enjoy some activity. You have somewhere along the line got involved in subjects that you enjoy. Um, teachers like me, we try and encourage students to not procrastinate, but sometimes that falls on deaf ears. You're m- more closely aligned to our student cohort of today than yeah. what I am. You know, you're obviously younger than me. Uh, you wore the same uniform. You sat in the same chairs, perhaps. Can you just talk a little bit more about procrastination and, and the benefit of not? What What is procrastination? And then what are some things that maybe a young person today might need to hear from somebody who has been able to avoid procrastination for most of their journey.
1: I wouldn't say I've avoided it um (laughs) but I think at school I was better at avoiding procrastination um and to me procrastination is not doing something even when you know you should be doing it and doing something else and I think when you enjoy what you're I know it's super cliche, but I feel like if you enjoy what you're doing, you're less likely to procrastinate. Um, So my advice would be to take subjects that you're interested in, not that you feel you have to take. Of course, if it's a subject that's a prerequisite to a course you might want to do in university or in your further studies, then that's different. Um, But my advice would be to generally stick to Things you enjoy, um, because then you're less likely to put it off um, and procrastinate.
0: Yeah, great. So let's go there then. What what sort of subject areas were you in when you get to the the top end of town? Year, year eleven, year twelve. What sorts of subjects are you studying at that point? And by the sounds of it, they're ones that you enjoyed.
1: Um, they were ones that I enjoyed. So I really enjoyed maths um, and. When I was in school, I wanted to be a doctor, so I wanted to study medicine. And so there were a few prerequisite subjects that you needed to take. So, the prerequisites for that at the time were math, maths methods, and chemistry. Um, but then I also took specialist maths, uh, French, English, and biology. Hmm. Let's so very not necessarily science yes.
0: Okay, science focused and without necessarily talking numbers. Did you do okay in your VCE and did that, what did that lead to?
1: Yeah, so I actually did better than I perhaps thought I would. Congratulations. Thank you. Um, And that led me to um, get into a university degree that I did want to do. Um, But I will say this, um, I initially wanted to do medicine But I, while I was at Yarra, I did work experience in a hospital and then I wasn't really sure if that was for me, but I did the subjects I needed to get into it in case I did want to do that. So I just kept my doors open. And so, um, when I was choosing the course I wanted to do, I had a choice between biomedicine, which is a pathway into medicine, um, and then commerce. So two completely different Mm. courses. Um, and I ended up going down the commerce route.
0: Okay. Yep. So, so you started to study commerce. Where where did you go? What university did you end up in?
1: Um, so I studied at the University of Melbourne. Um, and so I did a bachelor of commerce, which is a three-year degree. Um, I think at the time I wasn't really sure if that's what I wanted to do and where I wanted to go. Um, I think a lot of young people put pressure on themselves to always know what they want to do and always know what the next step is. And I think it can be daunting at school as well, because you're definitely going to have some people in your cohort that are hundred percent sure on what they want to do. They know what they want to be, no doubts. And for other people who don't know what they want to do, that can be a bit daunting. Um, and I think for me, I went to university not knowing what I really wanted to do. Um, so, commerce for me was a good course because it's quite broad, um, it opens up lots of doors. And um, from there, I sort of just chose subjects that interested me. Um, and to be honest, I didn't really know much about the corporate world. You know, I, I didn't know what jobs I could get from a commerce degree, you know, I was like, oh, I I guess I could go into marketing or accounting, but further than that, I didn't really know what jobs were out there. And I think that's another thing, um, in school, um, that, you know, you don't really have exposure to all of the jobs that are out there. There's just so many different things you can do. Um, and until you really put yourself out there, you're not really exposed to that.
0: Mm. So, so would you, I don't want to put words into your mouth, but would you agree with the notion of doing something, trying something is going to lead to a discovery, which is better than doing nothing? Like if, if you don't know, don't just sit there doing nothing, at least start something and then you can, you know, twist and turn and change along the way.
1: I think so. Um, you know, it doesn't necessarily mean, starting a course that you don't want to do, but I definitely say get out there, um, mm. talk to as many people as you can. I think um, I think that's something I wish I had done more is potentially, you know, reach out to people a few years older than me, ask them more about their path, their journey, um, maybe even speak to a few people who were already working and, you know, kind of understand how they got to where they did, um, what they were actually doing, um, Mm. whether they were enjoying it. Um, so I think, yeah, the advice would be to just put yourself out there and get as much information as you can. Um, and I think that was something, um, that I'd say at Yara was really great. The support of the teachers and the staff was excellent. And I think, um, that's something you don't always get uh, mm. after school. So I would say make the most of all the resources you have at Yarra because, you know, when you get to your adult life, there's not always that support group around to help you and guide you.
0: Mm. I, I really appreciate that. I, <coughs> pardon me, and I, I, I agree with that. So then... Something that we talk about at Yarra, and, and, and it may have been something that you were aware of and it might have been called something different, but I just wonder if if the, the phrase the Yarra spirit means anything to you and, and if you can, can you kind of describe it? Be, it sounds like something, whatever the Yarra spirit is, isn't necessarily outside of Yarra, so perhaps it's something during your Yarra experience. What what does the Yarra spirit mean? The
1: Yarra spirit to me means, um, you know, when I think back of my time at Yarra, I have nothing but fond memories. I absolutely loved my time there. So when I think of the Yarra spirit, I think of inclusiveness, being welcome, having a great time and, um, giving it your best.
0: Fantastic. Uh, that's, that's a, a wonderful, uh, encapsulation of, of, I think some great values and some things that we would love to include. And, and hopefully lots of students even today or still today experience the Yarra spirit in that same way that, that they are welcomed like you were welcomed and that they are given opportunity and, and in fact encouragement to try different things and to have a go at things. And so I love the, the notion of inclusivity, uh, as part of the Yarra spirit after you've studied, you've gone on and then did you enter the workforce? Maybe were there some rocky times around COVID in the middle of that somewhere? And what, what actually did you do? Or did you go and travel or did you start a, you know, I don't know, did you do a chemist round or what, what did you do next?
1: Um, so while I was studying my university degree, um, in the, um, Commerce field, you're able to do internships in your second year of your course. Um, so, I got an internship at Telstra in their business side. Um, so, I did that for three or four months over the summer. Um, and then, once I'd finished my degree, I was offered a graduate role with Telstra. So, that was um, something that I decided to take, um, not without a lot of thought, because um, you know, I finished school, gone into a three year uni degree, and then I'd been offered a graduate role, but I wasn't sure if that's what I wanted to do straight away. Um, I tossed up the idea of maybe taking a year off to go traveling, Um, but in the end I decided to um, begin um, working. So I started at Telstra in 2015, Um, and I really, really enjoyed it. Um, Telstra is obviously quite a large company, so there were about 200 graduates in my year across Australia. And so I think that helped me accept the role because I was quite daunted to start working at such a young age. Um, but the fact that it was a graduate program and you were with other people of a similar age, similar, um, educational backgrounds, um, that definitely helped because you were kind of given a community. So, Mm. you know, it, it didn't feel like you were just sort of put into the corporate world and given no guidance. Um, and so my graduate program was consisted of four rotations across the business. So you get to try different areas and then you can um, go into a role. So I went into the mobiles product team. Um, so that was where we spoke to different mobile phone vendors and chose um, the phones that we wanted to sell at Telstra. And we worked with the pricing teams on how we'd price those devices and work on our margins. So that was a really, really interesting role. And I really enjoyed that. So I was at Telstra for a total of four years. Um but I'd always wanted to live overseas. Um that was just something that I've loved. I love to travel. During my time at Telstra, I did a lot of traveling. Mm. Um and so I applied for a UK visa, um the 2-year working holiday visa and I moved to London.
0: Um okay. so that was
1: 4 years ago maybe and um it was quite the experience. Um you know, moving on your own, um, without a job, without somewhere to live. Fortunately, I had some family that I could stay with for the first few weeks. Um, I managed to get a job and find a place. And I think for me, that was um, one of the best experiences of my life. Um, Hmm. It was hard, but I think, um, you know, it was challenging. And I think... It was a really really fun experience, and I'd really recommend to anyone that's considering moving overseas to just do it um, mm. you know it, it is a great experience you learn a lot you meet new people you get new experiences
0: that's that's fantastic you you strike me as um very methodical. You're, you're thoughtful, even in, in the way that you speak and your responses, you're, you're really, I I don't mean this, but you're, you're quite calculated in the way that you're approaching our, our conversation. And I, I I think that's, that's very impressive. So to me, something like, uh, something scary or something that requires enormous courage and and to to travel you know you're in a you're in a secure job you've got stability around you here in here in Melbourne and and things are good and you've by the sounds of it intentionally looked to stretch yourself and to try a new challenge and and in hindsight you've said yes it was hard but it was the best thing that I've ever done I just wonder if we can circle around that a little bit more. Like was your personality one that said, I just try everything or, and and I'm a bit radical and a bit crazy and a bit kind of just go with the flow or, or, I mean, it's helpful that you had family to kind of base with for a little while, but it, it, I'm curious both as a a dad with with daughters and that idea of them traveling the world and on their own. And I, I think, wow, like that's, that feels big but you just took it in your stride by the sounds of it?
1: I think so. I think, I mean, I'd lived a reasonably comfortable life, you know, living with my parents, going to school, going to uni, working. Um, and I was still living with my family, um, up until I left to England. And so I think I wanted a new experience. And and like I said, while I was at Telstra, I did quite a lot of traveling. Um, and I did solo traveling. So that was my first time sort of doing that. And I think I actually really, really enjoyed traveling solo, spending Mm. time with myself, being able to do what I wanted. And I think that kind of gave me courage to make, it was actually on one of those trips that I decided I'd been tossing up moving to England for a while. Um, but on one of my solo trips, I was like, you know what, I'm just going to do it. Um, And I just thought, you know, and and I know so many people do it. um, And I did have a few friends that also moved after I did. So that definitely helped. Um, And there's such a big Australian community out there as well. So, you know, um, I I think it was something that I definitely wanted to do. I wanted to try something different and not just live my comfortable life in Melbourne.
0: Yes I I admire that I I think that's tremendous and I I love the notion of recognizing the the comfort and and the relative security that you've got around you and and perhaps deciding but what else what if what 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 else might be out there for me. I just want to unpack a little bit more uh the process that you went you you said that you were traveling a little bit and and you were kind of getting to know yourself and and traveling on your own and that was a good thing was was there did you kind of go through a particular process like are you someone who writes a journal do you, wh- how did you process the idea and then get to making a decision was it conversations with lots of people was it with your family was it uh, with a significant other like what was it that that helped you secure your decision
1: I think for me it was, I I don't journal, um, something I do want to do, but I think it was talking to a lot of people. I think for me, I'm a people person. I love to talk and all my big decisions um, I get to by, you know, speaking to people close to me, getting their points of view. Um, And I think for me moving overseas like that, sort of began in uni um all the different people you meet you meet people from all sorts of different backgrounds people who have done so many different things and so that idea was already in my mind you know I was already wanting to I I already love to travel so I and I always thought about moving overseas I love experiencing new countries new cultures um and so I I definitely spoke to my family a lot about it um to my friends and I, I don't think anyone ever thought I would actually do it. Um, but I did.
0: <laughs> yes and I, that, that's curious because I, I guess my observation just a, a little while ago was that you, you are very thoughtful and careful with um, with maybe with with lots of things and so you've done the research you've done the conversation and people go you know that yeah that's just Roger and she's just kind of doing her thing but then t- t- to actually I love it that you've surprised them in that actually you've you've said yeah I've bought my ticket I'm going i think that's marvelous yeah. well done well done Thanks. i wonder if um if you can tell us a little bit about um i I guess I'm actually going to launch into what I like to call the lightning round. So I'm just going to throw a whole lot of short and sharp because you've kind of taken us on a journey and we've been through studies and we've been through uni and we've gone and we've worked and now we've traveled the world. We'll come back to what you're doing now but I want to bring you back to Yara for a moment. Yeah. With short sharp answers and some of these will be just like on the top of your head and it'll be easy for you and others you know it might be a, a whole sentence in your response but you need to strap yourself in for the lightning round. You ready? Yep. Yeah. Verogenini Celagirai, from the class of 2011, while you were at Yarra, what house were you in?
1: I was in plumber.:
0: And were plumber any good back in your day?
1: We had a few wins, I'd say.
0: <laughs> and what would be your greatest contribution to plumber?
1: I was actually house captain in year 12.
0: Okay, And any great successes in, year, your role as a house captain of plumber?
1: Uh, We didn't have any wins so unfortunately not.
0: Okay um Um, you can't say neither uh, and I I don't think you will but what would you prefer house swimming or house athletics?
1: House athletics I'm not a good swimmer.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And did you have a pet event that you like to be involved in yourself?
1: Um I loved the 100 meter sprint.
0: Uh Aha Was there a, uh, a performance, a musical, a drama, a, a, a concert that you were either part of or that you were in the audience for that really sticks out to you?
1: Um, I, I remember Les Mis was amazing. Mm. I think one of my good friends was, um, one of the main characters. So I went to watch that. Um, I'm not usually very musical, but in my last year at Yarra, I really wanted to get involved. So I joined a Midsummer Night's Dream. So that was fun Ah, to get involved in that and to see, to see all the work that goes into one of the productions.
0: Yeah, terrific. That's great. Um, Tell us a little bit about how you traveled to school. What was the journey like to get to school each day?
1: Uh, It was my dad driving us. Um, I had a younger brother as well, who was at Yarra.
0: Okay, Yep. great. what was in your lunch box? What was a regular in your lunch box?
1: Uh, definitely a sandwich, probably a ham and cheese sandwich.
0: Made <laughs> by?
1: Made by my mum.
0: <laughs> Good on your mum. We, uh, we, we do salute to all of the mums out there. Yeah. Um, tell us who were the school captains?
1: Uh, I think it was Noah Johnston and Tush Bloomer.
0: Well done. Very good. Yeah. Um you too were one of the leadership team. What can you tell us a little bit of insight into what makes a good leader, do you think?
1: I think um about being a good leader is just being yourself, being friendly. Um I think people look um for leaders, you know, for guidance and and just a friendly person really. Um so someone that's you know doing well um whether that be academically, sportingly, music you know whatever each person's interest was um but someone that is setting a good example.
0: Mm. You mentioned before that you're a people person and uh, and I appreciate that thank you for inviting me I'm coming over for dinner um (laughs) what is one of your go-to's what are you going to prepare if somebody is coming over for dinner at your place?
1: I love making lasagna.
0: Aha okay take me out of the picture then and you can invite any three people from any era any time any whether they're dead or alive who's coming for dinner for lasagna?
1: Oh that's a tough question um okay um in light of the recent Queen's Platinum Jubilee I'd really love to meet the Queen I just find that she's such An interesting character and I feel that no one really no one on the outside really knows who she is what her personality is and I'd be really interested to actually get to know her um I think she's got one of the toughest jobs in the world um and I do admire her.
0: Excellent excellent so so she'll probably come with some of her own entourage so are you going to make them the three or do you have another one or two that you'd like to invite as well?
1: Um, I'd definitely like to meet, uh, Serena Williams. I Mm. think, um, not just as a sports person, person, but just as an all round person, I think she's incredibly admirable. She's achieved so much in her life. She's worked so, so, so hard. She deserves everything she's achieved. Um, and I would just like to learn more about what drives her and what keeps her going.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Very uh, inspirational, and uh, to know, as you say, to to be able to chat over dinner with somebody like that, um, you know, just to, to find out a little maybe the inner workings, and and no doubt somebody, you know, two of those guests even, you know, would both have moments where they don't feel as motivated as they they perhaps wish they were and there are times when you know they they really wish they were doing this but they have to do that and all of those kind of normal everyday things even those superstars those people who we aspire to be more like they have their their, their good days but also their you know their down days as well I'm sure.
1: Yes exactly
0: you mentioned travel. Um, what would be a travel destination that you would highly recommend? What's somewhere that uh, that you've been and experience that you would recommend to us, if and when we're allowed to?
1: I absolutely loved Mexico. Um, mm. I think the people were so friendly. Um, the food was amazing. The weather was great. And it's just such a diverse country. You can have so many different experiences just within the one country.
0: Mm, fantastic that's a, that's a beautiful uh, recommendation. Let's go back to Yara. is there a piece of work that you're particularly proud of? It might be a a, a piece that you submitted and got feedback and you submitted again and got feedback or maybe it's a maths test that you really worked hard at. A, a particular piece of work that you're proud of?
1: Um no nothing stands out to me except I wouldn't say this is the one I'm most proud of, but it's the one that I can remember. Hmm. Um, I did, I think in year 10 history, I did an essay on Gandhi and I am really proud of that because I think I did a lot and a lot and a lot of research into that piece. Um, And I know Mr. Lawrence, I don't know if he's still at Yarra, but um, he was really happy with that piece.
0: Very good, very good. Um, what's your favourite piece of clothing from your wardrobe?
1: My dressing gown. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and these days working from home more and more, um, is that, exactly. uh, does that feature when you don't have to be on a, on a, on a call?
1: Um, it does when it's really cold, um, <laughs> otherwise not, because most of our calls are all on video. So. <laughs> yes,
0: yes. Are you, uh, are you a reader? Are you a keen reader? What book are you reading at the moment?
1: Um, I used to be a keen reader. Um, that's something I want to get back into. Um, these days I only read a few books every year. Um, but my current book, um, is a book about Amazon. Uh, it's called Working Backwards. So it's mm. someone from Amazon that just provides some insight into, you know, their way of working.
0: If everything goes really well for you, Rogini, in the next three to five years? What's happening? Where, where are you? What are you doing? What sort of, you know, let's, let's end up there and then maybe work backwards.
1: Um, so I'm not really sure, um, because when I moved to London, I met my partner there. He's English, um, and we've just moved back to Melbourne, uh, a few months ago. So, um, we're not sure if we're going to be here in Australia or back in England. Um, but, Ideally, um, wherever we're living, we'll have bought a home. Um, I'd be working in a company that I love and resonate with um, as a product manager, which is what I'm currently doing and I love doing. Um, and playing sport like I am. So not too different from my life now.
0: That's pretty good though. That's good to yeah. have already got some of those things in place. I think that's marvellous. Tell me a little bit more about your current role then, a product manager. What what does that mean? What does that look like day to day?
1: Um, so a product manager can be very different in lots of different places. So I was working as a product manager in London as well for a financial company Um, we had a lot of different financial products and my role was, it was sort of marketing, but also very website related. So I worked with the developers and the marketing team to make sure that the website, which was, was where people invested on was always, um, giving people the best user experience. So we were constantly adding new features, um, and that's, that was my role to, get those through and get those delivered. Um, Now in Melbourne, I'm working as a product manager for REA Group, so they own realestate.com.au among various other uh, property related sites. Um, But this time my role is more internal focused. So rather than working on um, the external website that consumers visit, um, I work as a product manager for internal teams. So delivering tools and resources for the developers within our organisation.
0: Right and and is that uh, that you're working from home at the moment or do you want to be in the office? What what does the kind of day-to-day look like?
1: Yeah um most people in the company are still working from home. I try to go in twice a week. Um I think starting a new role. It's definitely much easier going into the office, um, meeting people. Um, I, I definitely learn better face-to-face and talking to people, um, in person rather than over Zoom. Um, but I think the hybrid model of working is here to stay.
0: Yes, yes. A a fair observation, I think. I think, yeah, that's probably right. I wonder, um, if, do you have a, a, a quote or a, an affirmation that, you, I don't know, maybe it's on the back of the toilet door or something. I, I, guess, is there something that drives you, that motivates you, that helps you to show up as your best?
1: Um, no, but I would say, um, for me, one of my main things in life is to be happy. Um, I think, you know, whatever you're doing, um, the main goal should it should make you happy, like if things don't make you happy, don't do it. Um, Mm. I think the older I've got, that's something I've realised.
0: Yeah, no, I, I I think life is short and so we want to make the most of every opportunity and if we can go through some of those experiences with a smile on our face and with people that we appreciate and, and having them around that, that, you know, that's, that's the beginnings at least of a good life. Yeah. Um, what's the best advice you've ever received?
1: I think, um, from a previous manager, it was to, to have a goal and always be working towards it. Um, you know, we used to have our one-on-ones and he'd be like, where do you want to be in two or three years? And I'd always say, I don't know. I don't know. But his, his advice was to always have a goal and be working towards something because then you're sort of progressing yourself and getting to where you want to be. And I think, um, this stands for me now as well. I need to spend more time thinking about where I want to be and what I want to achieve.
0: Mm. I, I appreciate that. I think there's great wisdom in that, in, in sort of looking forward and, uh, and, and perhaps that then once we know what that might look like and what that might is, that, that perhaps pulls us towards it. Which, which brings me to one of my final questions and that is around a, a phrase or a term that you might be familiar with from your time at Yarra and that is our school motto, Levavi Oculus. <laughs> And I wonder if you recall what that means, what it meant for you then, and what it means for you today. Lavavi Oculus.
1: Yeah. So I think it had something to do with eyes.
0: Yes. Yes. Can I help you? Uh,
1: yes, please.
0: <laughs> so Lavavi Oculus, Latin for uh, really to to lift up our eyes, to lift up our eyes. That notion as a school student, um, what could that be value, valuable for, um, what does it mean and maybe what does it mean for you today even?
1: Yeah, so I take, I lift up my eyes to be, you know, open your eyes to what's in front of you, to the opportunities around you. Um, I think that definitely, um, Goes for me now, you know. Um, throughout my whole life, you know, always look for the opportunities and go for go for it. I mm. I think that's what I did at school. I participated in all sorts of co curricular activities, um, and that's helped sh- sort of shape my interests today. And I think throughout life, it's a very uh, relevant motto.
0: Mm, very good. I've got uh, one final question. It's a two part question. And, uh, and I really appreciate your generosity of, of both time and and your perspective and, and your willingness to kind of reach back into some of your, uh, your, your memories. Um, Rogini Saladurai from the class of 2011. What, what question did you really wish I had asked you today? And then could you answer your own good question?
1: Um I, I was going to say who was your favorite teacher but then I think that's uh a bit um
0: I, I must admit I generally don't ask that question because <laughs> I think it puts you in a really really tough yeah. situation but you've opened the door No,
1: no, no, that's not going to be my question. Um
0: <laughs> how, how about, can I just tweak it slightly? This is the Inspired by Yara podcast. Can you think of a, a moment, uh, an experience of your time at Yarra? And it might be a particular teacher who, who inspired you, who maybe said something or did something to help, you know, nudge you in a particular direction that you're really grateful for.
1: Um, I think all my teachers at Yarra were great. Um, everyone was so helpful and willing to, um, put in the time, but I think one moment I do remember, um, was Mrs. Lee helping me with choice for a subject. Um, I wasn't initially going to take specialist maths. Uh, you know, I didn't feel confident taking that subject. I was going to do uh, another subject instead. Um, but she spent some time with me, taking me through the benefits of me taking that subject and you know um mentioning you know how it could help me in my future um and i am really really grateful for that advice because i'm really happy i ended up taking specialist maths in the end
0: That's fantastic. Uh, Mrs. Lee will certainly be uh warmed to hear that from you. That's terrific. Yeah. Roger Seladjuri, thank you for your time. Thank you for your storytelling. Thank you for uh yeah, helping track us through your journey and your adventure and uh and for the generosity of story and and I guess that the, the notion of giving things a go and, and your life has reflected that and you continue to benefit from that. Thank you for being inspired by Yarra and in so doing, sharing opportunities like this, being an inspiration to Yara. So thank you.
1: Great. Thanks, Paul. Nice chatting with you.
0: Well, there you go. I mentioned to you that I found Rogeny thoughtful and methodical. And systematic in her thought processes. And I think she was that in this conversation. A good thinker. A deep thinker. To have made choices and decisions along the way. To keep things broad and keep doors open. And then to start realizing and recognizing that it is helpful. It's good to have a goal and to strive and to keep moving towards the something, the, 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 the life of fulfillment and contentment and happiness. As I mentioned at the very beginning of this episode, if you know of a Yog, a Yara Old who perhaps was in the same year level with Rogini and who would appreciate this conversation. Perhaps there's uh, somebody that you know who, who is considering traveling to England or maybe, maybe exploring the idea of working as a, as a product manager. Perhaps there are some insights and perspectives that Rodjani shares with us that you know would be helpful and interesting to others. Please pass it on, please share it with others. Thank you for tuning in. Thanks for supporting this little project. And my name's Paul Joy and on behalf of everybody here at Yarra, including the small team of people who work on these episodes and sharing these stories with you. I want to wish you another day of inspiration where you head on out there into today with the intention of making a positive impact in the world around you. G'day there, it's Paul Jaw here, just sneaking in here just at the very end, just to remind you, as we've just concluded episode 99, I know you enjoyed it, I know you found it helpful, powerful, useful, encouraging, inspiring even. I want to urge you to subscribe to this podcast so that you don't miss an episode because I'm telling you, you do not wanna miss episode 100. Next time we release in two weeks time, episode 100 is coming out. It's going to be a, a snapshot a, a glimpse of a whole lot of the episodes, the library worth of episodes that we've done up until now. We're gonna celebrate the fun stories, the inspirational moments, the, 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 the lightning round and some of the trends and themes that we've seen come through the last 99 episodes. Thanks for being part of it. I know you're gonna enjoy episode 100 coming soon.